Hello, welcome back to Two Pills in a Pod. I'm Jasper, and I'm Candice. And today we are going to talk about permanent residence、um, because Candice has recently got her permanent residence in the UK, and she has got so many people asking her how she did it and how she、um, what's the application process. So, so today we thought we can do an episode about、um, the indefinite leave to remain application and. Just to answer all your questions, so let me start with the first question because I'm going to apply in hopefully next year, July. So, how do you qualify to apply for the IRR? Okay, so just to make the episode easier, we're gonna shorten indefinite leave to remain as IRR. So, anytime we say IRR, it means that it's a permanent、yeah. residence, basically. So, it's a settled set. Yeah, it's a settled status. That means that you're settled in the UK, so you're not bound by the restrictions from your visa anymore. So whatever visa that you're on, you can work wherever you want, work however many hours you want. You can be self-employed. You can basically you're not as restricted as you were if you are on like a work visa or like a student visa, basically.、Mm-hmm. So what was your question? I was asking、so、how do you how do you qualify to apply for the IRR? So the qualification, okay. So it just depends on the route that you're applying. I applied through the long residence route, which meant that I have to stay legally in the UK for ten years before I can apply. So the eligibility criterias are that firstly you have to, you must have a permission to stay in the UK. So officially, it's called a leave to remain. So essentially, that's like your visa, right?、Um, you can have different visa categories throughout the ten years. It just has to be continuous. So you can't have a visa from two thousand and twelve to two thousand and thirteen, and then a visa from two thousand and fifteen to two thousand and eighteen, because then there's a two years gap there, right? You ca- you also can't be in a breach of any immigration rules and. You need to take a life in the UK test and pass it. You need to prove that you are sufficient in English language skills. You also have to prove that you have spent time in the UK continuously without long gaps. Yeah, and then you can also with for me、um, within the ten years route, you can leave the UK for up to one hundred and eighty days at a time. So about six months, no more than that, and in the total of the ten years, you can leave for a total of five hundred and forty days.、Um, I believe if you're applying through tier two visa, you need to also prove that your employer still needs you for your job, and they need to confirm this、um, by a statement or a letter, and that your job still meets the salary requirement, which at the time of recording is twenty five thousand six hundred pounds per annum. Um, there is some exceptions to the salary requirement, but we will leave the details in the show notes if you're interested. How far in advance you need to take the life in the UK test before you apply for the IRR? Do you, like, and how long is that valid for? Is that valid for forever or? Uh yes, so life in the UK test you can literally take it any time, and once you take it and you pass it, you can um、uh, it's valid forever. So there's no expiry date to the test. Okay, awesome.、Um, so you can take like now, and you can submit for later. Just yeah. So I I applied back in January, but I did my test、um, last year July. So just any time. Fair enough. And what about the English test? Like, how do you prove that you're you have met the English requirements? Say, if you don't study in the uni in the UK, do you have to take IELTS test to prove that you're 
Yeah. So I imagine that you would have to take some sort of、uh, tests that are approved by the Home Office to prove that you have sufficient English language skills. So for me, because I went to Queens and I got a certificate from Queens, so I just submit that as part of my application. So like anyone that has graduated from a UK university, you shouldn't have any problem on that front. Okay, and you mentioned also about、um, you have to stay. You can't leave the country for more than hundred eighty days at a time. What do you mean by at a time? Like you can't leave the country hundred eighty days within the same time frame, or can you? Or is it within the last ten years? What it means is that you can't leave the country for hundred eighty days at a time. It means that say if you leave the country in January, you have to come back. Within hundred eighty days, so you can't come back in November. If you come back in November, it means that you've exceeded the hundred eighty days limit. So when do you, when do you have to start applying? Then can you apply earlier? Say your visa tier two visa is expiring in July. Can you apply for the IRR? Say like in January or. So the ILR doesn't have anything to do with the, your current visa that you're on in terms of expiry date. So what it does, how it works, is that you have to calculate it from the first.、Um, you have to calculate it from whenever you get your first visa. So the qualifying period starts from either the date that your visa was granted or the date that you enter the. Country for the very first time. So, for example, for us, our very first visa would be our student visa, right? And say that your visa was granted on the first of January, but you only arrive in the UK on the seventh of January. So you can count your qualifying period from the first of January. You can count the period between anti clearance being issued and you entering the UK as a qualifying period. So what it means is that if your visa was granted on the first of January, but you only arrive in the UK on say like the seventh of January, you can count your qualifying period from the first of January. Say you count from the first of January twenty ten. That means that you qualify for ILR first of January twenty twenty, right? But then you can apply for the ILR up to twenty eight days before you qualify. So technically, you can apply in December. Does that make sense? Yes.、Um, yeah. Because you, well, you mentioned about the ten year road. What about like? I think I'm going to apply for the five year road, which is counting from like my work my work period instead of like my uni period. So the five year period is usually for tier two visa holder. So if you're on tier two visa for five years, then you're qualified to apply for ILR. I didn't apply through the tier two visa, so I'm not entirely sure on that. But I'll try and find more information and put it in the show notes. But what I know is that you get three years for each tier two visa, right? So you get, um. After the three years, you apply to renew your three, tier two visa, and then they will give you another three years, which gives you six years. So basically, after the five years of your first visa being issued, you can apply for ILR. Right, that's very clear. Fair enough. So what what is the time frame like for um? What's the time frame like for the application? How long do you have to prepare in advance, and what sort of documents do you have to prepare in advance? For your IR, okay. So it depends on the service that you want to go for. So the standard processing time is a maximum of six months if you go for the normal one. The priority service is ten working days. Yeah, 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 six months for a standard. So, but that's the maximum. Um, 
so priority and premium is 10 working days and 24 hours respectively um when i applied for my ilr it was obviously during the pandemic so they actually stopped the priority service so i didn't have a choice i had to go with the standard processing time which is six months i applied yeah but then but i got i applied for mine in february and i got my decision in may so it was actually less than six months um i know that my friend that applied through the five-year qualifying period as a tier two worker visa they actually got theirs way quicker so they got theirs in like less than a month but obviously like decision time it really depends on the time of the year and how busy the home office is so there is a forum online where people post the application journey so they post like when they submit the application when they submit their biometric and when they got the decision and when they get their brp in hand so you can kind of gauge when yours will be approved so i will also leave that in the show notes um just in case you're interested and you want to see but i was just on there like every day when i was waiting for my application i'm like when am i gonna get my it's just yeah but it just really depends on how busy they are yeah, so say the maximum period would be six months so what if your tier 2 visa expire before you get your ilr are you gonna get kicked out of the country <laughs> I don't think so. It's I think it's the same as um the I think it's the same as you know whenever we apply for our tier two visa, but our old visa has expired. As long as the decision hasn't been made, you can still stay in work the in the, you can you can still stay in a country. So I think the same apply. But I I didn't have that problem because I my I I literally just renewed my tier two visa and then. Three months later, I apply for ILR, so I didn't have that problem. But if you are in that situation and you're you're living it very close between your expiry and your apply- application, then you can speak to somebody or you can do more research. But I'm pretty sure once you've applied for it, as long as you apply before your current leave expires, you should be fine. Yeah. Okay. Also, I want to say that I'm not like an solicitor or immigration advisor or i'm not like a professional advisor on visa and stuff it's just my experience and it's just my research so if you guys it's just you know like a ticket with a pinch of salt this is what i what i research as of today it might change you know they might change the rule they do that all the time yeah so yes i remember you said you got a solicitor to do it for you is there like a solicitor that actually provides services just for the ilr or can i just get any solicitor to do it for me and also what's the fees like so yes i actually look for solicitors so what i did was that i went to like queen's law school and i just went through the list of like law firms that are in northern ireland and then you look through i think if i'm not wrong you have to look for immigration lawyers so they have to actually deal with immigration law because there's like so many facets to to law right and not all law firms will deal with immigration so i think i emailed about 10 solicitors and only one got back to me what? <laughs> yeah the, uh, the only one that got back to me yeah they just said that yes they um so they even got back to me quite late like after a few weeks and i think it was like at the height of the pandemic so everyone was really busy or everyone was working from home or whatever so no one really got back to me um i went with that one that got back I went with the one that got back to me, but um, they offered 
different types of services. I can't speak for all law firms, but the one that I was with, they offered like just document checking service. So you gather all your documents and your application and then they check it through for you. Or they offer like a full service where they do the application for you, submit it for you, or like basically everything, which was what I went with because I I just didn't want to like have the headache of going through all my documents. So I just I just paid the fee. It was like I think it was like seven hundred pounds if I'm not wrong for the whole package, which was reasonable because I was looking at other firms in London and they were charging like upwards of thousand five hundred. So what I paid for was like actually really really reasonable. Mm. Wow. And how much was the ILR? ILR was I think 2389 <gasps> or 98 when Wait, I applied what? for it. Yeah. Yeah, plus the biometric was like 1920 and then I went for the biometric appointment and I have to pay extra but I can't really how remember how much maybe like what 60 70 pounds. Wait, hold on. What do you mean by 90? That's for the biometric. 1920 for the biometric. But appointment itself yeah. you need to pay separately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you I paid separately for the appointment itself. So I couldn't get this because when I applied it was during the pandemic, so not all the application centers were open and um I didn't manage to get an appointment for very long. Mm-hmm. So I had to fly over to England to have my biometric taken. So it took it was like an another it was an added expense because I have to pay for the appointments. There was like no free appointments by that point because slots were so limited. So I just thought like you know, I'll just I'll just pay for it because it was like two months after my application and I still don't get an appointment. But And I don't know if this is right, but apparently they don't take a look at your application until your biometric is done. That is true, so, yes, because I was applying yeah. for my tier 2 visa. So my tier 2 visa took three weeks, supposedly to take three weeks to get the reply, but I didn't get the reply until I get my biometric done. So yes, I don't think they will look at your um, application until you get your biometric done. How much do you spend in total for the ILR then, roughly? I didn't even count anymore. So ILR itself was 2000 plus. Um, Solicitor was 700. That's for, biometric st- that's for was... standard, right? The biometric application. No, sorry, yeah. the ILR application. Yeah. 2000 pounds is the standard. What about the priority? Do you know how much? I think you add like 500 or 800 i think i think yeah um i i I wanted to go for the priority because i wanted to get it as soon as possible but they were not available at that time so i didn't even i didn't even look at it but it's all available now on the government website so you can take a look at how much they cost i think it's about 500 pounds though if you want it like within 10 days i think 800 maybe if you want it within 24 hours and so it's 2,300, 2,000-ish for the ILR, um, 700-ish for the solicitor. And how do you have to pay for the leave, leave in, leaving in the UK test or is it? Yes, you have to pay for the life in the UK life test. Let UK. me just double check. Yeah, let me check how much it is. Yeah, so the live in the UK test was £50. Um, the live in the UK test, I think, was pretty easy, personally, especially if you've lived in the UK for like 5-10 years. Um, what I did was, I just bought the book. There's a book that's available for you to read. 
um, to prepare for the exam. And then once I read the book, I just went online to look for practice exams, practice papers, and did the questions. And then that was really it. I went to the test center. They give you a computer, and then you just answer the question. There is. 45 questions i want to say and then you have to get like so you have to get at least 75 percent correct there's 24 questions in the test and you have 45 minutes to answer the test but i think it's i think it's quite easy so yeah don't leave it to the very last minute to revise but also don't like stress out about it it's not like a university (laughs) exam so it should be fine here and how where do you get the books then so they have like an official handbook for the life in the uk test Mm -hmm. so if you go to officiallifeintheuk.co.uk slash shop you can get the official guide for the book it's at the time of recording, it costs twelve ninety nine. So there is like ebook, PDF, MP three, like physical book. So you can you can choose what what kind of book um you can choose what format you want to study with. So so do do you need to prepare any documents for your solicitor? Um, and what sort of documents do you have to give it to them? And w- will they give you a list to say that they? need all this from you okay yes so she asked me for a list of documents so it's basically the documents are just to prove your eligibility uh, to prove that you meet the eligibility criteria to settle in the uk i can't speak for all routes of application but for mine it didn't actually require an awful lot of documents um she basically asked for my results of my life in the uk test um, like I mentioned earlier, you can just take the test. It's quite easy. After the test, when you pass, they give you a code. And that code you can use for... That code is a proof that you've passed the test. Mm-hmm. And um, to prove my English language skills, I just submit my degree certificate from Queen's. Um, having a degree from an English-speaking country is enough. So mm-hmm. even if you graduate from like Canada or US or Australia, then that is that is enough too. And because I used a solicitor, so they did everything for me. But during the application, um, they also have to ask you... During the application, they will ask you for like the list of times that you have been away from the UK, the dates and like the reason for your absence. So for example, if you are going on holiday or, yeah, or visiting family or if you're going for business. So you need to find like all your passports since the first time you entered the UK. So yeah, your passport for like the last five or ten years, depending on where you're applying from and figure out when you left and when you come back so for me i just submitted all my passport and handed it to my solicitors and um she just kind of like went through i said i just kind of said to her if it's like indonesia you can just take it as i'm visiting family if it's some um if it's you know um anywhere else it's for holiday because like girl never go for business trips <laughs> so, <laughs> So basically, that was just... Yeah, but see, we have taken so many holidays together. You have taken lots of holidays yourself as well. Like, how are you going to go through, like, each and every of them and, like, know all the dates? That's why I I pay £700. (laughs) Oh, so do they sort it out for you? You don't have to do anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just, like, I just gave... Yeah, I just gave my passports to her and then she's the one that looked through the absences for me. So another tip is if you don't want to get a solicitor and you want to do it yourself, you can request um document from the government it call it's called the subject access request it's free i believe and this sar 
when you submit the request, the government will send you, well, I say the government, I mean the home office, they will send you um, all the data that they have on you. So like your leaves and your arrivals and your like passport number, your visa and all that, they will send to you whatever that, you know, whatever that they hold, whatever information that they have, they will send to you. Yeah, so that is quite useful to have, Mm -hmm. especially if like, for example, you lost your previous passport and you don't know where it is Mm -hmm. and you can't remember when was the last time you traveled, Mm -hmm. that can, that can probably help you jog your memory i personally just went through instagram yeah. <laughs> just like same see that's what i did for my, for my um canada visa i just went through instagram yeah to see where I've been. yeah so yeah that oh. was just that was that and then another thing that she asked was proof of address since my arrival in the uk that was honestly the hardest one for me together because i have lived like if you've listened to our housing episode, like I've lived in like so many different places, right? So you have to pr- you have to get proof that you've been living in like UK for like, the last ten years. So you have to give your address from like different times. You know, like throughout the ten years, you have to prove that you have addresses basically. So it can be like utility bills, government correspondence, tenancy agreements, etc. Um, I don't know how, but I managed to find all my addresses. Mm-hmm. Um, they also us for your brp and copies of your brp so i used to take pictures of all my brps whenever i get them just in case i lose them so thankfully i have them stored in my laptop you also need proof of employment in the uk so like p45 p60 or your pay slips um, and if you're applying through the tier 2 visa you need a letter from your employer to confirm that they still need you for this job and also to prove that your annual salary still meet the requirements um, i'm not too sure if there's any more for tier 2 visa but again i'll leave we'll leave the info in the show notes oh my god listening to this long list is giving me a migraine already <laughs> it's actually it's actually not that it's actually not that hard once you gather the um, once you gather all the documents because you will have your passport you will have your certificate and you will have your p45 and p60 so it, it shouldn't be any bother mm-hmm. is there anything that can go wrong with the application uh literally so many things can go wrong like you have to if you're applying yourself you need to obviously take very extra special care with spellings especially your names and your titles or your address or date of birth or whatever you like you have to double triple check everything Thing to make sure that it's correct because if you make a mistake then it will delay your application and for me it's not necessarily something that went wrong but i had to chase my solicitors a few times for them to submit the application or even just to like give it give me an update because they were so busy and I, I get that they were busy but i think they delayed my application for about one month so i was i qualified to apply back in January but I only submitted my application in February and I needed my ILR for my new job right and when I op- when I applied for it not all the centers were open so I had to fly to England and obviously that's like an added expense also for me um but yeah I wanted to apply for priority and it wasn't available at that time it's just like first world problems Mm -hmm. for me and I think it removed a lot of headache the fact that I got a solicitor which also meant that I only answered her questions and I don't have to like kind of try to understand the lingo in the application you know because she knows what she's doing she's done this like every day Mm -hmm. so I don't have to guess what they're trying to ask me from the question and I thought I also had like some hiccups last time 
Um, so I just thought like I'll just get a solicitors because I I can't I can't deal with application mm. and especially the holidays like I really cannot go through figure all out <laughs> all yeah. my yeah <laughs> yeah funny. no way <laughs> yeah I think that's all the questions I have for you. Do you have anything else to add on? I guess like I just want to reiterate again that this is not professional um immigration advice mm-hmm. this is just from my experience and from what i went through and from what i researched for this episode so things might change fees might increase and rules will change also and i might have left something out or you know got something wrong so just take it with a pinch of salt this is just like a really really basic guidance for you um if you have any question and you kind of if you have any questions and you can't find it on the internet you can drop us an email or dm us on instagram i will try and answer it if i can but then again i don't have a degree in law so (laughs) all right all right i think i think that's it for today so thank you so much for listening to us and Thank goodness Candice applied before all of us so she can share her experience with us. <laughs> and thankfully there's no misfortune this time because she, she always tends to have um, something goes wrong. But this time it's um, fairly smooth, right? Yeah, yeah, thank God. Thank God. If you find this helpful, if you have any more questions, um, you can always find us on Instagram, 2 Peas in a Pod, Facebook at 2 Peas in a Pod, and we have a website, www.2PeasInThePod.com. And yeah, so if you have any questions, um, just let us know and we will try our best to answer your question. Don't forget to like us, follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Oh yes, and rate us 5 stars. Yeah, I think that's that's everything. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.